0: Because I think the 60% who've walked away, who claim, who like you said, going off the statistics, that they have some sort of belief belief in God, there's still an open door there, right? And and think about the people Jesus sat down with next to tables. It was those people. It was the people like. I'm down to follow a God if he's down for me (laughs) being, not justifying my sin, but he understands who I am and he loves me. And so Jesus sat with those people. The people that Jesus did not have very much time for was the people who already closed the door.
1: Listen, listen, this this is going to, this is so sad. 35% of people believe, 35% of millennials, I'm sorry, believe that church does more harm than good.
0: Boom. 35 35
1: that's a huge percentage I would, i'm surprised it's not bigger but that's huge
0: i would put myself in that category
1: yeah absolutely i, I mean obviously
0: yeah yeah clearly <laughs> if you've heard me talk for five <laughs> minutes you get that and and honestly i mean christina and i've talked about this for years now i don't even know what i am anymore huh. i love jesus i strive daily to love people better outside of my comfort zone but when I look at the landscape of Christianity, I don't know that I identify with what it is now.
2: Yeah, with what absolutely the structure of what we've been taught. Right. I don't even like calling myself Christian. I even say that to people
0: because I feel like, and it's not Christians. because of what the what the actual meaning of the word is—a little Christ, one who follows Christ. I have nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. The problem is I don't identify with the people who do say they follow Christ with anymore. The
1: reputation, yeah.
0: And the problem is. I feel like by walking around with that title on my shoulders, uh, the people who are not in the church world look at me and they're like, this guy must be a bigot. (laughs) This guy must, you know what I'm saying? Like all the negative things that come with the title Christian in American culture, especially in the millennial culture, um, I now have to wear that as a badge of like shame in front of these people. And And it's not because they have a problem with my God. It's because they have a problem with the people who represent him.
1: Let me tell you a a couple things. So of the 35 people that believe that church does more harm than good, these are the reasons why. So um, asking about their needs or opinions. um, Oh, dang. Hold on. And let's see. um, They want less focus on religious speak and more on action and plain speak gospel. Uh, They want more time focused on service versus tons of meetings and groups that don't really serve any purpose to them. They want more teaching biblically and less blaming of the current culture. And they're looking to make church feel more like a welcoming community than a closed click. Those are the five resounding reasons why the 35% believe it. And, I, and I'm times.
0: sure us at the table and those listening right now on the podcast, I guarantee you have heard almost every single one of those reasons from one of your friends
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In, Absolutely. in
0: one fashion or form or another.
1: Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say you just, your church is a social club or church is just a sure. social club. Sure. And,
0: yeah. and so this is where I'm at in, in 2021 and, and probably moving forward to kind of take it all the way back to the idea of deconstruction. Um, I do believe, not to be bombastic, but I do believe there is a culture war happening inside of, or I guess I would say under the umbrella of Jesus. I think there's a culture war happening of people saying, hold on, if Jesus is really this guy you say he is, then what you're doing doesn't make any sense. Yes,
1: contradicting.
0: Right. And not contradicting in the sense of like, oh, you had too many beers last night. How are you a Christian? Oh, you listen to secular music. How are you a Christian? That's not what I'm talking about. First of all,
1: JT knows what's happening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you say you follow a guy who laid his life down for people, yet all I hear you do is talk about your rights, your life, your children, What you want in your school systems, that's what I hear people in the Christian realm fighting for. Right. Why don't we hear people in the Christian faith fighting for the advocation of other groups of people? Why is it so crazy? And this may just like blow people's mind. Right. It should not be insane that I as a Christian in this country could fight for Muslim rights.
1: I... Absolutely agree with you. Doesn't
0: mean I agree with their religion. Doesn't mean I subscribe to it. But I believe they're human. I believe they are a child of God. And if they are being mistreated regardless of their belief system, I believe it is my job as a Christian to step in and say, hold on, regardless of their belief system, they're a child of God and I'll stand up and fight for them.
1: That is so good. And I I absolutely agree with you. Isn't that the, the basis of what being a Christian means? But the
0: problem is, inside of so much of Christianity, we've considered, just to use the Muslim thing, especially after 9-11, we've labeled that group of people the enemy.
1: But it's all based on fear. That's all where it comes from.
0: Sure. And I think, I mean, and we have so many scriptures to back this up. It's very, I I think Jesus said, it's very easy to love your brother. It's, that's the easy part. Can you lay your life down for your enemies? Yeah. I didn't say it, he said it. Yeah. But yet, me advocating for Muslim rights In 2021, Christianity is insanity. In fact, I've probably gotten into bed with the devil for even thinking that. I know of a church right down the street. If I walked in and said what I just said now, they'd want to cast a demon out of me.
1: Oh, by the way. Straight up. That church is probably selling soon.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: I know. I just want to tell you. Because
0: it is is a moniker for what is actually out there. Yeah. It's one of many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is crazy that something like that, like even when I felt... The phrase "Muslim rights" come out of my I mouth. I
1: know I could see it. It
0: <laughs> felt radical, but it shouldn't.
1: No, uh-huh. but even like, I mean, I'm probably gonna get in hot water for this. Like, a woman who feels like abortion is the right thing for her, I'm yeah. just gonna love her. That's,
0: what else can you do? But that's
1: my point. And people are like, you're allowing your. What's the word I'm looking for? You are, you know, not helping bring her to the truth. And it's like. Do you think me telling someone who's going through probably the hardest moment in their life, do you think me telling them they're going to hell for it is going to bring them closer to Jesus? Tell me how that marketing scheme is going to work.
0: Hold on. So you're telling me somebody who's dealing with fear, shame, and guilt and condemnation. The answer is not more fear, shame, guilt, and condemnation. That's so
1: strange, right? (laughs)
0: That's so weird to me. I'm just,
1: it's like basic (laughs) principles here. Like if they're clearly lacking something and you harping on their already... Probably insecurities is not going to help them be like, you know, that Jesus guy, he told me I was going to go to hell if I do this. So I think I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to go to that church that told me I'm going to hellfire and brimstone.
0: And statistically speaking, the chances of that person stopping the course that they're probably already going to go down because of your Christian beratement is, is probably not going to shift their decision.
1: Absolutely
0: However... Not. Don't what, you think they already knew? Sure. However, what you may have done, inadvertently or inadvertently, is you may have planted the seeds for that shame, condemnation, and guilt to Manifest. fester yep. and just grow to where they will never feel comfortable walking yep. into a church again or speaking yep. to another Christian, yep. where all they know from Christianity is that's the person who, those are the people who were standing outside of the clinic yep. when I was going through the hardest time of my life, and they made me feel like garbage. How could I? A. Why would I ever go to someone that judgmental? That group of people? Right. Or B. I will never be good enough to join those people.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. So I'll we've never planted the there. seeds. God, it's so I could go, I could talk hours on that.
0: So mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why scripture says murder starts in the heart.
1: Yes. Because yes. you don't
0: physically have to stab a knife into someone to kill them. No. You could stand on the street corner telling every woman who's ever gotten abortion she's going to hell because of oh, what she've done. Gosh. And in my opinion, sorry, internet, you're killing people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're killing the the opportunity, the small foot in the door that they had that potentially could bring them to Jesus. You were just slamming that door and they're nailing it and shut. It's so
2: funny. I, I think like a lot of Christian people say Jesus is a gentleman. He won't force his self on you. Like he wants you to willingly come <laughs> if to him. You guys can see how she's saying this right now. I'd <laughs> <and> be laughing. <laughs> That's what they say. Jesus
0: won't force himself on you, but I sure the heck will. Yeah,
2: exactly. How does that make any sense? That's insane. And
0: and (laughs) what we're not talking about is the validity or advocacy for things like abortion. No,
2: absolutely.
0: We're not not even having that discussion. That discussion. It doesn't
1: matter whether I'm for or against it. What matters is I'm for the human race and I'm for showing them the love of Jesus. Right. That That is it. That's it.
0: I can't. I don't want to say the name of the pastor because he may or may not have gotten himself in the hot water in the past couple of years. Because I may be thinking the quotes coming from a different pastor, and so I just want to mention say the, name. the name. But there was a <laughs> pastor who said, and it was genius and it was brilliant. He said, "Some conversations, like uh, eating McDonald's too frequently, we can have that discussion in at a dinner table, right, right? in front of a group of people. Right. Hey, man, maybe eight Big Macs yesterday wasn't a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good for your body. Then there are the discussions, the hard ones, right." homosexuality abortion uh, just the tough stuff that people have to deal with in their lives every single day right. those discussions happen behind closed doors because they have to be dealt with delicately and you have to be able to see the person beyond the problem right the problem is when we make these things public forum mm-hmm. we don't give that opportunity to those people No,
1: you shut down the the opportunity for them to be
0: vulnerable with right. you Right. And so I've been put in situations even in the past five years as a pastor where uh, there was things that came into our church that we didn't necessarily know how to deal with because we never had to deal with them before. Right, right. And but what I knew is the answer was not making this a public thing. Right. We just... We love everybody. Right. And the hard discussions that have to happen, they'll happen behind closed doors, behind the people who need to have those discussions.
1: When they're ready.
0: But you won't catch me, dead or alive, pushing someone away from Jesus. Mm -mm. Because I don't get to know what he's doing in their hearts. And this is the fundamental, one of the fundamental issues with Christianity, or let's call it mob justice Christianity, is they don't take that into account. You don't know what's happening under the hood.
1: And honestly, like, there's a huge... I mean, I could preach on this where you just, you need to step out of the way and you need to let the Holy Spirit do the work. You may have been the inviting hand. You may have been the warm smile. You may have been the hug they needed. But then you need to let the Holy... You don't do the Holy Spirit's work. You are not a junior God. There's there's a lady on Facebook. She's She says you need to relinquish your junior God badge. And I, I truly believe that a lot of these people are like, I'm a warrior for Christ. And you know, that's great. You are bringing the cause and you're, you're sharing your light. That's great. But when you are fighting people to like press them into it. The only thing you're doing is getting the opposite reaction of what you're hoping for. That's all you're doing.
0: Well, in the, in one of the biggest, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Like it's punch you in the face. Obvious. Show me where Jesus does this in scripture. Yeah. Show me once. Just once. Show me once. Right. I see him getting ticked off, but it was at religious people. Right. It wasn't at the center. Right. It wasn't a, I mean, think of all the people Jesus encountered. Right. And we don't have one mention in Scripture where he berates a quote-unquote sinner. Right. It's not there. Right. So how have we shifted our Christianity to this is what we're going to do. Right. This is how we're going to stand up and fight back against the evil culture that's oppressing, I hate that word, oppressing the the modern-day church. You are not oppressed, you're entitled, oh. and you forgot who Jesus was. Oh, my
1: was. gosh, that's so good. That could preach.
0: So long story short, because I do, I think all of these things factor in because yeah. really what we're talking about is why have people walked away right? and why would someone even be in the position to deconstruct their faith? So I kind of want to tie a nice bow around it. We'll probably won't make this a two parter. It's going to be a long one parter, but it's, I think it's good. So, you know, press pause if you want to and come back to it later. <laughs> um, this so. When we deal with people who are deconstructing, let's, I, I think I kind of pushed out three different angles there. Yes. You're going to have a deep, someone who's deconstructing and, and just to kind of redefine that somebody who is tearing down what they knew about their faith to build something else on top of it. It could look like a variation of what they believed before. Yep. It could look like walking away completely. Yep. Agnosticism, atheism, or it could look like a complete shift. Uh, We met, uh, we saw an old friend in a coffee shop a month or so ago, and this person was a Christian. I'd known them a long time, Uh, done a lot of cool things with this person, and they're like, Yeah, I think Buddhism is like really where I'm sliding now. And I'm like, Okay. And it, and it, we have to understand that like that, that could be one of, the avenues for deconstruction. So th- the question is, how do we as individuals and how should the church deal with somebody who's going through this deconstructing phase? Cause what I don't think is happening right now is healthy. Yeah. Like I said, there is a culture war yeah. happening with those people who are deconstructing. And I will even go cause I still think I'm in the period of deconstructing. Um, I am, I am. Can
1: we make an argument that your entire faith journey is deconstruction? Right. Sure. Can, can we just say that?
0: It's, it's yeah. like a both. And it's like, I'm building up parts of my building yeah. and then I'm also tearing yeah. down and renovating other parts to build stronger right.
1: because I know where I stand on like other people. I don't know. I know where I stand in certain points, but like I told you earlier, cr- the story of creation, it's not something I feel like I need to pursue, sure. but maybe in 10 years from now, I need to deconstruct what I think I know and figure right. out what I should know.
0: Right. Yeah. And and even just, I mean, I mean, deconstruction can be massive. Yeah. It can be the whole concept of, of Jesus, God, right, right. the Trinity. Is
1: it even real? Yeah. It,
0: but it could also, you could have what's called micro deconstructions. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I've went through a whole part of my eschatology uh, in the past seven years that I completely deconstructed and reconstructed. I don't believe that my eschatology was the full brunt force of my belief in Jesus.
1: Yeah. But it yeah.
0: was absolutely a companion piece in, in my theology. So I would call that more of a micro deconstruction versus like a macro big picture deconstruction. Right. And even in some verses, yeah. I've had like tithing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've completely shifted my idea of like what the tithe is. Is it, is it even biblical anymore? Uh, quick answer is no. Go watch the video on YouTube. Um, <laughs> That's a micro-deconstruction. Nothing about tithing, personally, I felt like was affecting my faith on a large scale. But it was something very small that I had to go back, relearn, re-understand, and then shift my head not only about tithing, but what does it mean for Christina and I to be uh, people with a giving nature.
1: Right, 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 right. So
0: that was a micro-deconstruction we did that I felt like led us to a really good place. But it wasn't a macro one. It was on a small-scale in a piece, in a chunk of our theology. Right. What what should we do as Christians and as the modern-day church? How should we deal with the 60%, give or take a few percentage points, who've walked away and who said, look, I'm open to the idea of Jesus, but what's been sold to me, I can't. This doesn't jive. This doesn't make sense to me anymore. How do we deal with someone who's actively going through a micro and or macro deconstruction of their faith?
1: The question is, are they going through deconstruction? Because some people are at the point where they're like, absolutely not. My answer is no. I... Whether doesn't matter where I'm at, but I'm not willing to change or go through some sort of process to get to a better spot. So for those people, I say all you got to do is invite them over for dinner, love them, send them home, well, pray for them.
0: And let me just pause there because I think a lot of times there are Christians out there who are like, oh yeah, did you hear about John? Yeah, he's quote unquote deconstructing right now. Let me <laughs> as a let me as a Christian who's fearful of deconstruction. Let me go put parameters on what that needs to look like for him.
1: Right. So That's once not again, your let
0: me introduce control into that right, situation. Right. You get what I'm saying?
1: Until, and I, I've said this earlier, until they come to you and are ready to open up, until they approach you and say, this is where I'm at, you don't, you don't do anything right. other than love them, which is what you do with anyone. I, I don't know what else you can do in that point because if you try and force them to walk yeah. through a journey they're not ready for, you're just going to turn them away. Yeah, right.
0: and I think there's this modern misconception that like just because somebody's not attending church regularly or a part of your that they're not a Christian or yeah. they're not even trying. Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like well, so I know tons of people like that I would call my friends today who do not attend church well I've
1: already said that church is a supplemental tool it helps you sure. but it is not required going to church makes you as much as a Christian as sitting in a garage makes you a car sure it just does not work
0: but I think in the modern Western culture we've attributed church attendance to spiritual health I think yes. I think a lot most I- Christians would put those two together I
1: think it's an image that people just want to say our family we have 2.5 kids we live in a white picket fence house and we go to church on Sundays and little Johnny wears a bow tie and we're there every day on the front pew that's all that is
0: well and, and I guess my point is somebody could be deconstructing Yes. Somebody could be genuinely curious about who God is, who Jesus is, what it actually means to be a quote unquote Christian Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: not do any of the hoops that most Christians are doing. We have to be able to recognize that.
1: Well, then what do you do? Because you can't you can't force them through that hoop. Do you offer them?
0: No, I, I, I think like you said.
1: You love I, them where they're at.
0: We, uh, yes, but we do it in an active way.
1: But I yes, you also. Sh- I think there's a.
0: You know what I. You know what I think you do in in the most crude way I could say it. You got a friend who's deconstructing. Go buy him a beer. Yeah, honestly. Don't even feel the need to bring up Jesus or church. Just go sit down next to him. Ask him how his life's going. Ask her how the how her job's going. Ask the guy. Ask the person. Just talk to them. What their life is like. Humans are always, I don't care who you are, what God you claim to serve, what year you were born, humans were built for relationship.
1: Yes, yes. So
0: the fact that you are sitting down and genuinely just being a good listener and buying that person a beer, that's the door that needs to be opened. Not, I have this Bible track for you, 1980s. But also,
1: can we just throw in a little caveat there? It also needs to be... Mm, not what's the word don't go in with a plan or an agenda right your point is i'm just gonna be here i'm gonna be your friend right my because j- i want to be
0: and i think yeah. you can even lead with that my job is to love you that is it yeah that is it and my love does not come with strings. It's
1: unconditional. And
0: it does not come with an agenda. Yes. If I have to sit at a bar for 30 years with you on and off every Friday and buy you a beer and we talk about the Baltimore Ravens or whatever you're into Ooh, or no. your kid's soccer practice <laughs> or whatever that might look like or yeah. your favorite rock band, I've even if you never quote unquote walk to an altar or have a conversion, I've done my job. Right. Because my job was to love you.
1: Right. And that's That's it. It. Yeah.
0: We don't, I don't feel like the church operates like that.
1: I feel like Uh -uh. there's a huge opportunity there too, because you're also setting an example. I love Jesus. I've deconstructed. I am this way. This is my mindset. And then they can see your behavior. They, and I feel like, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, joy radiates so much in a dark, like, soul environment whatever and when you permeate that like uh, area it okay. impacts people and when you think yeah. that you're just sitting there talking to someone asking them how their day is you're doing so much more you're allowing the holy spirit to work because mm-hmm. now they're recognizing something in you mm-hmm. just by saying hey let's talk about the baltimore ravens you sure. don't like the ravens
0: what what i've learned over my past seven years or so is that i think outside of love the most powerful tool we have as humans when it comes to interacting with each other is influence. I don't think money is the most powerful tool, although it will buy you things. I don't think power and control are the most proper tools because the moment somebody has more power, more control, they're just going to take you over.
1: They all just provide you opportunity.
0: However, influence is where I think is the bread and butter of, for those of us who are trying to love people better. I just, I'll go back to the woman uh, facing the decision to have an abortion. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: If you've been sitting with that woman for the past two years and maybe she's had other issues, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's whatever, and I'm not trying to paint some like weird hypothetical, I'm just saying, maybe there was previous life issues before where you... Let's be
1: honest, everybody has that.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's a bad breakup. Yeah. Whatever. You've been sitting with that person for two years, having a beer, talking about... Gilmore Girls. I'm just being very hypothetical right now.
1: I mean, you're hitting the nail but on the head for a lot of people. You've gained influence. Yeah.
0: Who do you think, if you've really done it right, you've loved, you've listened, and you didn't bring an agenda, when she's going through that hard thing that she's about to go through, who do you think the first person she's going to call is?
1: Definitely the person that she feels like she can be the most vulnerable and open with, who's not going to and judge her
0: safe. right now here it is here's your moment right here's the door you've been looking for you didn't have to manufacture it you didn't have to create it all you did was love listen and didn't bring an agenda to the table now someone's asking you with a very serious decision in their life what do you think i should do right and now boom table's been set right all you got to do is just continue to love somebody and you're not pushing them nope. you're not using fear or shame or guilt as a motivator you're just being jesus in that situation right. and that i believe is what being a christian is all about yep. but that requires you to lay all this nonsense down where we have to be the defenders of god and right. i have to stand up for right. what's holy and righteous i have to stand for those people who are hurting That's my job.
1: And it also requires you, and this is a big part for me because I feel like people miss this mark, putting yourself aside intentionally and allowing that other person, even if it means like, okay, I don't drink, I don't go to bars. But if that's where I have to meet them, and it's not a stumbling block for me, let's just say that, I will go there if that's what I have to do. Because at yeah. the end of the day, it's not about my comfortability. It's about making sure that I have Jesus. I know who I am. I know where I'm at. They don't. And I sure. am willing to have that relationship wherever it needs to start.
0: Yeah. And it could sure. look a million different ways. Yeah. And Isn't it so funny? I mean, we say these things like we need to not have an agenda. We need to lay ourselves to the side for mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so funny that that seems like a, a no-brainer? We even have scriptures that get quoted... In churches all over America every Sunday, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside. What does that mean?
1: (laughs) Tangibly. What what are you really
0: saying when we quote these verses? Because, dude, I mean, I I go back and I hit this all the time. To me, saying that and then not laying your life down for the people who need it the most is taking the Lord's name in vain. You are taking something that was meant to be holy and you're defiling it because of your agenda. Right. What's the point? And that's where I always come back to, what the heck are we even doing anymore? What is Christianity? So I am not shocked that 60%, give or take, have walked away in the millennial generation. It's
1: just heartbreaking to me.
0: But like I said, this is where my optimism kicks in.
1: I'm glad that he's there.
0: I'm I'm excited about that 60%.
1: Because you feel like they have a better chance of finding...
0: I don't want to say better, because I never want to rule out anybody's journey, because I don't know where anybody's heart is or whatever. The, the 30% who's still dealing with legalism or whatever, Jesus could be working. I don't know. Yeah. What I do know, though, from personal experience, the people who are out there seeking, searching, looking for answers, open to the idea that there is a benevolent God who loves them, who sent his son down to die for them, there's room for growth there. Yeah, And if we're being honest at the core of who those people are, even though they might be angry, they might be hurt, they might be burnt, there's a lot of emotions you that mean, can come like along. You a normal with, human being? Sure. But I think at the core of those people, what you'll actually find is a genuine seeking.
1: A desire, yeah. A
0: desire to know who the creator is, what love is. And, and, and this is... I They're think not that- bogged down with all that fear, guilt, shame, condemn- condemnation that a lot of religion is trying to bring to the table. They've shed that. Yes. And so there's this outer coating you don't even have to push past anymore if you're willing to just put the time and the work in.
1: Right. And I think that desire you're talking about is a God-given absolutely, innate, like, innate thing that is in every human. Everybody has it. And I think that through life, your journey, it either fans that flame or it it turns it down and makes you believe that you need for nothing and it doesn't matter, right? It depends what what truth you check into for whatever, I don't know, for lack of a better word, but I feel like, yes, you're right. And those people, when they're there, they're now are shedding the things that have hindered them and they're now in a vulnerable state saying, okay, I know I'm looking and I know I want to, I don't know what that is, but I'm here for it.
0: Right, and, and just to preface kind of as we close all this down, Nothing we're talking about today, whether it's the people who may still be caught up in legalism and, and church nonsense or the people who've walked away from their faith um, or are seeking or deconstruction, nothing that we're saying here is on the realm of salvation. I, I still firmly believe we don't get to know that.
1: Right. I agree.
0: I, I don't think as much as I want to look at religious people sometimes and be like, there's no way, man. <laughs>
1: but
0: then I see Jesus That's looking not at my a, business. Right. But then I see Jesus look at a Pharisee and say, the kingdom's inside of you. All right. I mean, if there's hope for that guy, you know, (laughs) there's got to be hope for the for the rest of those for people who are still really caught up in legalism and religion. And and in the same token, those people who are deconstruction or deconstructing, you know, this is where I side on grace. I'm a huge fan of grace because I don't I don't get to know. And human culture, the human psyche uh, everything about humanity is so complicated. How could I ever make a reasonable judgment who is and who is not saved? Right. That's, that's, that's a spider web that I will never untangle right. because it's not my job to. Right. So nothing we're saying today is on the realm of any demographic we talked about today. We're not uh, assuming or concluding where their salvation lands. Mm-hmm. I think we are talking about fruit. I think mm-hmm. we're talking about where people find themselves in life. Mm-hmm. And I do think, personally, if I could summarize and I'll do it and then I'll let you guys do it. If I could summarize, I think deconstruction is healthy, especially considering all of the weight that I believe is bogging down the American church today. I think shedding some, if not all of that Mm. and kind of rebuilding with the idea that God is love and Jesus loves me. And where do I go from there? I don't think that's a bad place to start from whether you're 20, 30, 40, 80. I don't think it's a bad place to start. Um, Once again, not talking about salvation. We're just talking about finding out who Jesus really is. So I would say, if you are someone who considers themselves in deconstruction mode, or maybe you've never even heard that language before, but what we're saying resonates with where you're at right now, um, I would say don't let religion or religious people dictate, di- that. Di- yeah, dictate or deter you or try to push you in any which way yeah. you got to go at the pace that you can go at because at the end of the day, it's your relationship you're cultivating. Right. Right. Yep. No one,
1: you have to answer for that.
0: Well, no, and I- not only that, no one could step into Christina and I's marriage and tell us what pace to go. Right, like That would be absurd (laughs) for anybody to step inside of our relationship and say, whoa, 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 you guys do things that way. You guys don't communicate like this. You guys uh, handle your finances like that. It would be absurd because it's our relationship, and it's going to be unique to us. And I think in the same way, someone who's deconstructing what they're really trying to do is get back to the core of their relationship and say, what does it actually mean to be in a relationship with Jesus? And who no one is qualified to make that decision for you. That is your relationship. Um, Some things can be healthy and some things can be unhealthy. And I think if you're truly seeking Jesus, I think you're going to want to know what's unhealthy. And I think you're going to want to know what's unhealthy and make sure you don't drag your baggage into that. I think that is one of the biggest struggles about going through deconstruction is it's bringing in your anger, Mm -hmm. your cynicism, uh, your disappointment. Yeah, Um, yeah. Those things are going to be tough to shed and you may carry some of them, but I think you have to be mindful of like, do I believe this? Do I only believe this because I'm just angry about a certain thing, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: or do I believe this because this is really where scripture's pointing me because I'm really putting the effort and the work in, uh, to know what the Bible says about X, Y, Z. Right. Um, I had to go through that. I still think I'm going through that daily. I'm like, well, am I just thinking this because I'm upset? <laughs> and, and sometimes I have to like yeah. talk myself down off that ledge and be yeah. like, okay, maybe there's some truth here, but maybe I'm looking for something where there's not because of my past experience with the church. Or personally, I don't even think it's about my past experience with the church anymore. It's, it's more about my, my anger for other people. I see people getting mistreated in the church and I get super angry and upset at the church and I'm like, oh, and then I start going down these rabbit holes of like theology and scripture because I want to be able to support those people and tear down the religious system that's hurting them. I have to keep my motives in check though. I have to make sure that I am seeking truth over just validating my emotion. Even if my emotion is coming from a good place, I have to keep a level head What's the scripture? And I, and I'll, I'm done after this. The scripture's <laughs> like um you know people talk about it, especially nowadays with covid and everything that's happening. Um you know we don't live in fear, you know. Uh, this the spirit of God who we don't we don't have fear. That's a big thing uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete that though. What's the end of that verse? We don't have a spirit of fear. But, but, spirit of, of,
1: power, truth, love, and but of power, love and a sound mind. Love
0: in a sound mind. You
1: hit the nail on the head.
0: <laughs> okay, let's break it down real fast.
1: No, I'm talking about her. <laughs> I missed it.
0: <laughs> we don't have a spirit of fear. Okay. We have a spirit that, and I believe, somebody can check me on this, the Greek is right. I believe it's dynamo, which means explosion. That's the word for power there. So it means we we can be explosive in a good way. Uh, so we, we don't live in fear. We are explosively sent in a direction. We have power through love. And through a sound mind. The sound mind is critical to not living in fear. You have to process. You have to use common sense. It's not just the Holy Spirit told me and I just ran off and did it. The Holy Spirit, not actually the Holy Spirit, People think God tell them to do stuff all the time. All the time. And I never attack anybody personally, and this isn't really an attack. I watched a Kenneth Copeland video today. He had everybody put their hands on their head and pray that the bald spots would go away because God told him to do that. I'm not trying to judge anybody, but stop it. Just stop doing that. Like Yikes. people, like people think God tells them to do crazy stuff all the time. Uh, dude, we just had a crazy murder. Like, what was it? Uh, the couple miles down the street. Oh
1: yeah, a couple yeah, weeks, weeks ago. ago. The guy
0: said God told yeah. him to go to the house and do that. Kind of now
1: like Amber, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm not uh, an expert on the voice of God. Right. <laughs> However, I can almost with full confidence say God did not tell that guy to go to someone's house and murder innocent people. No. So we have to be very careful. This is where that sound mind kicks in. You're right, we do not live in a spirit of fear, but in power, love, and a sound mind. So as you're deconstructing, remember, yes, we are shedding that fear off of our religion, and yes, we are going to be empowered what we find on the other side, but it has to be through love, and it's gotta be through, for lack of better words, Common sense.
1: Honestly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times the church wants to replace common sense with God told me. He didn't tell me that. That is not (laughs) a free pass. I I didn't hear him say that. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all the things that have been done in the name of God over the years is is crazy. And we'll probably do a whole episode on just that. I know we talked about it earlier this week, yeah, but we'll yeah. get to that at some point. Anyway. So yeah, that, that would be my final encouragement. If you are deconstructing, if you need some sort of a guide map, that's, that's the one verse I'll point you to. Yes. Shed your fear. Yes. Be empowered by what's on the other side, but do so with love and a sound mind, or you could risk, Getting into some really weird murky waters because your emotions and your hurt could lead you into some weird places. So, uh, final thoughts on deconstructing.
2: Um, if you're deconstructing, keep going. I think it once. Well. I think it's cool to look up different or listen to different people's perspectives and different, like, seek out something. And it's okay to, like, learn from somebody else. Like, you don't have to be like, I found this in the Bible by myself. Like, listen to what other people have to say. And then, I mean, yeah, and then look into it yourself. Right. But it's great to hear ideas from other people. They're not always crazy.
0: And and the Um, beautiful thing about bad ideas is you can put them in the bad idea folder. Right. It's a refining
1: (laughs) process. Sure. It doesn't always Mm -hmm. be
0: like, oh, I heard something and now I'm infected by it. No, (laughs) I heard something. I just, I, I compared it with scripture. I prayed about it. It didn't line up with scripture. That's going in the trash bin. (laughs) Next topic.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, and some, and also if you're in that process, like some things, at least for me, um, I kind of had to like break the cycle or like, like be intentional because a lot of things, um, you know, will make you feel guilty or wrong. Like you're like, this Absolutely. is wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you kind of break that mind game, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, it's like mental abuse, yeah. spiritual abuse. Well, um, it, it's, it's so enlightening, you know, once you start rebuilding that foundation and it's firm and, um, so just keep going, keep going ask yeah. questions. And and I would also
0: I would also say like if there's one word that gets thrown at me constantly, it's heretic. <laughs> so I just know. just take that with stride, man. Like if people are going to sling that rock at you, you just got to let it fall cuz don't fight. It's don't fight that. Yeah, it's you and Jesus, man. And like, look. He's some, your homie. Some things you may dabble into, like Jesus told me to start a cult in like, you know, the polygamy camp out in Utah. Like, okay, mm, yeah, maybe that's. questionable. You, you're now teetering into to heresy. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> sound mind people. Right. But
0: if, if you are going <laughs> yes. through that process, you're doing things through love, you're doing through a sound mind, and you're using scripture as your ultimate basis for what you believe. If somebody throws the word heretic at you, don't get all.
1: Been out of shape, unoffendable, unoffendable. Yeah, you're
0: unoffendable, <laughs> and just remember, like you absolutely have nothing to prove.
1: Right.
0: You don't. Right. And and you exist uh, to to gain a closer relationship with God, but you also exist to to help and love other people. And if the people who want to throw stones at you and call you a heretic, fine, let them do it. Because for every person who's going to call you a heretic, there's somebody out there who needs to hear what you have to think and say. So right. just learn to take it with stride, because. Um, if you're deconstructing, I'm just going to just give you a little spoiler alert. You will hit opposition absolutely all the time. And you need to be prepared for that. And you can't let it derail you because that is absolutely what religion wants. It wants to derail your ability to find out who Jesus actually is. So don't be surprised if you're on this journey and it seems like you're just slamming into brick walls socially or culturally everywhere because that's absolutely what it's supposed to feel like.
1: Yeah, you're, you're coming out of a mold that people right. have set for you
0: yeah so don't let that thing shake you don't let it deter you that is something I have to deal with on a daily basis yeah. Um, I literally just go on my YouTube page and look at the comment section
1: <laughs> I don't I,
0: it's it's a good I'm time gonna
1: start responding to if, people, if you want to know why.
0: you want to know a little bit more about me people people have a lot of things to say <laughs> oh, okay. so you know if, yeah, you, if you ever yeah so all right final thoughts
1: um okay so a few things I've talked about deconstruction before ask questions figure out why you think you know what you know um um, Lauren mentioned earlier that if it comes from fear, shed it. I think for me, I didn't realize a lot of things that I believed spurred from a fear based mentality. So take a step back, look at it micro macro view, like figure out the tactics of how you're deconstructing, I guess is what I'm saying, because you want to make sure the root of why you believe what you believe is really a firm foundation. Because when you start building, I mean, we all know the verse, Uh, A house on sand, whatever sinks. And it's the same thing for your belief. You know, you need to have a firm grip of where you're starting from. Um, I think a big thing for me tonight, too, is uh, kind of the conversation we got into about the lady outside of the clinic. You know, that example. I hear so much these days of people who are like, oh, I hate people. Oh, I, I don't want to talk to people. Oh, and don't get me wrong. Talking to people in a long social setting for me does wear me out. I need a lot of alone time to recharge. But that doesn't mean I stop doing what I know I'm called to do, which is have relationship with people even when it's hard. And mm-hmm. a big thing that I think I'm learning this year is if you're truly on this, this course of I'm going to love Jesus and be like Jesus, it is removing yourself and being more like Jesus and doing what the other person needs. Being selfless yeah. is really where you're at and not necessarily compromising you know, your morals or beliefs or whatever, but just being there. Have that relationship. Be selfless. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say there except for
0: without an agenda. Right. Right.
1: Don't have, you know, these intentions that you're going in with just love people and let God yeah. do the rest.
0: I, I literally met a, a couple in church a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I had to say to them, like, as we were saying our goodbyes, because I'd like never met this couple before. Yeah. I was like, we should get a coffee. We should get a beer sometime. And by the way, I mean that with no agenda. Right. I literally said that to them because I know that when people have said that to them in the past, there were strings attached to right. it. I literally went out of my way to tell them I just want to have coffee or a drink with you. I don't want to preach at you or like I just want to get to know you. Right? Because I realize that's such a. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time in Christianity. No, like, there's always yeah. like, a, do you have ten minutes to talk about the yeah, Lord? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, since
2: we're here, let me let me do this. Right, yeah. right. We use your giftings in the church. Yeah. Right, yeah,
0: yeah. Or, or whatever the the multitude oh, of things man. are. That one gets me, bro. Um, I want to go back to something you said okay. really, really quick. You okay. said, um, you know, like I I classify myself as an introvert. So I, in the same way, um, people, and I don't mean this in a negative way. No, not at all. Interactions. I don't want to say people. Interactions.
1: Social time.
0: It does tire me. It does, and I do recharge with alone time.
1: Right, same.
0: That's just more of my personality. I don't know that Christine is the same. I think she's more of an extrovert. I think mm-hmm. she recharges with company and people, mm-hmm. and that's great. Okay. And I think that's why we work so well together. Um, however, and I'm just this is going to be a very bold statement, okay, and I'm it, here for it, it may offend people.
1: Okay, here we go.
0: If you don't like people, you may be serving the wrong god. Right. <laughs> Right like can Nothing we just say that Nothing
1: bothers me more than seeing Christians on Facebook saying Ugh I hate people what are you doing?
2: Why yeah, are you doing like, this? people at church. Like, I'm like, that's weird, man. So, just, like,
1: so what do you think the point of right, this is? Do you think it's just for your salvation? Like, right. I'm just wondering. So,
0: like, so now what? Like, that yeah. would be my question. So, you hate people. Just, so, just, now what do you're we do? you are nixing
1: the whole plan. Right. Is that where we're at?
0: So, just bury your head in the sand. Okay, cool. And actually, the rapture is great for you. Yeah. Like, I totally get yeah. your theology yeah. because you're just waiting for God to get you away from all these people. Honestly. Like,
1: I could go on a rant about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and I, I, really want to double down on that idea. Like, if you struggle with loving, and I don't even say loving because I feel like there's just like a lot of churchy Let's stuff with that. If you just hate people, like you need to recalibrate.
1: Yeah.
0: Why? Right. Why do you hate people? And I get it, man. Disappointment and like, like, there's a lot of stuff out there that can hurt us. And but at the end of the day, man, like it, it just you can't do both. You yeah. cannot serve a God who laid his life down for people and not like people at the same time. Yeah. I and not th- even
1: necessarily liking them. It's just like, it's, it's a part of just having the love.
0: I think it's all about perspective, man. Yes, I think, I, gonna say that. I think personally, and I've, I've said this for a few years now, it, it definitely comes from more of my Dan Mueller days. If you don't know who Dan Mueller is, look him up right now. Um, I think the closer you get to Jesus, you start seeing him in everything personally. And I don't think that is limited to situations. I think it's people. Absolutely. I believe if you know who Jesus is, you'll actually see him in the drug addict. You'll see him in the murderer. You'll see him in the Republican and the Democrat. And you'll, you'll see him in places you've never thought to look before because he's everywhere.
1: Yeah. I've Whether had, you want him to or not. I've had
0: someone straight walk out of our church because I said that from a pulpit before. They did not like to hear that because they had an ex who clearly Jesus could never love. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But I, but I, But honestly, I believe the closer you get to Jesus, you'll see him in people. So if you are a person who does not like people... It leads me to believe that it's because you don't know how to see the Jesus in them.
1: You got a heart condition you need to work through.
0: And I, I don't mean that in a like, oh, you're a horrible person. I mean, no. like, I think your perspective's off. And mm-hmm. I think Jesus nailed this one. The eye is the lamp of the body. He... If, if your eye is full of light, if it's single, if it's focused on him, your, your whole life will be full of light. If your eye is separate and not focused on him, you will be full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? I think that's what he was talking about.
1: I think. I don't know, a big driver for me, I know we're going right back into another topic, but, like, a big driver for me is when he was interacting with people, who did he sit with? Who did he go to? Did he sit with the religious people and say, I'm only going to sit with the people who preach my name, run the, the rules, and enforce all the things I want? No. He sat with the broken, the hurting, the poor, the ill, the sick, the people who were less fortunate. That is who he sat with. I'm not saying that you need to run to your local, like, Homeless corner and just like minister to these people, but like, why wouldn't you?
0: Right. What's stopping you? Right. Right. And, and I think it's because, I mean, he, he tells the story and it's, I mean, churches all around the globe tell the story all the time. I think it's because Jesus genuinely looked at every human being he ever met as a prodigal. He told the story. We know the story. He knows people are stupid and eating pig food and laying, you know, like doing stupid stuff. He's not oblivious to the stupid stuff we get into, but he also knows that dad can't wait for them to come home.
1: Jesus loves the drug addict, the abuser, the murderer, the everything you can think of that makes someone bad just as much as he loves me. Right. Someone who avoids those things. But
0: I think we say that, but I don't think we get it. But
1: you need to start viewing. Viewing people that way, Sure. when you view people as this person standing in front of me, screaming at me and I'm angry for what they're saying, maybe or whatever it is, God loves them just as much as he loves me. Yeah. And I, it is my duty as a Christian to continue showing that love even when they don't deserve it.
0: I think the big thing for me in in the very early phase of my deconstruction is before I could love people, I had to. Okay, let me say it another way, because I feel like love comes with too many strings. Not strings. Connotations. It's it, it's just it's an emotionally loaded word, yeah. and I actually don't believe love is emotion. And we can go on that a whole. Nother okay, separation. another
1: podcast now. No. Um, <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's a choice. Yeah. If, if it love yeah. is sacrifice, and it's a choice to lay your life down. Yes. R- regardless okay. of how you're feeling. Right. That's why I don't classify it as an emotion. Anyway.
1: That's a good, that could preach.
0: So for me, before I could learn how to love other people, and I have scripture to back this up, I had well, I used the word again. I don't want to use the word love other people. Before I could see Jesus in other people, I had to learn how to see Jesus in myself. Mm, had to.
1: That's good. Because
0: what did Jesus say? He said, um, uh, oh, you know, who who is... Uh, you know they asked him you know what's the greatest commandment You know, love the Lord your yeah. God with all your heart and your mind and soul. he's like right you had it right that first time but actually there's more to it love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind and your soul and love your neighbor as yourself Yeah. I've called this the trinity of love for three years because I don't think if you remove any one of those pieces you don't have love you can't love yourself and love your neighbor if you don't understand God loves you it's impossible Right. Yeah. You can't love your neighbor and love your and love God, but hate yourself
1: Yeah. because
0: then you are removing yourself from the goodness of God. Right. right? You can't love yourself. Wait, what am I missing here? You can't love God and love yourself, which this is what I feel like people have a big problem with and hate your neighbor. Any one of those three points gets removed. You don't have love. Right. You have to love God. You have to love your neighbor and you have to love yourself. I think it is actually in that order. That's I think brilliant. I think you have to love God, understand that he loved you first, but then you also have to be able to look at the mirror and say, "Man, I've done some stupid things in my day, but I see Jesus in myself. I see it oh, in that's the mirror." The
1: love Trinity. Oh and, my god. And then we need a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> once you come out of, okay, now I can see Jesus in myself, then, and I think only then can you look at all those people you just those yeah, types of people, yeah. you, and you can start to see Jesus in them. This is where I had to kind of change my language because my brain couldn't wrap around it. Instead of saying, "Oh, I love people," because that's an emotionally charged word, it didn't make sense to me. There was too much. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I had to say, "I, I am choose. choosing to see Jesus in people." Yeah. And I think the closer I get, to, it, it's kind of stupid. It's like it's like me and my wife. Like we have a million inside jokes that only her and I know about. Okay, whether it's the dog, whether it's TV shows we watch, whatever we have. I could be in a supermarket a thousand miles away from her and see something that reminds me of her. A stupid little joke we had about Takis or like whatever the thing is. Yeah. And I see her... In a bag of potato chips. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm getting it.
0: (laughs) Because we have a connection there. And I think it's the same thing. I think the closer you get to Jesus and the stronger your relationship gets to him, you will see him in other people. Because I guarantee you he is there. How do I know he's there? Because scripture says that everything that was created was made through him. Scripture also says that Jesus died for all which means no one is exempt from the love of God, which means the door that the prodigal son had wide open when the dad said you can come back anytime is the same door that's open for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. means the father still has grace for them, still has hope for them, still has love for them. I can see Jesus in people because I'm learning to see him in me, and I'm learning through him and I's relationship how to identify him. Yeah. If you don't have a close relationship with Jesus and your relationship boils down to tithing and church attendance and not sinning, being a good boy, being a good girl, all these things, but it doesn't center around a relationship with Jesus, you're going to work yourself out of being able to see the Jesus in people and yourself, and you're going to have a very hard Christianity. Not saying you are or aren't saved, I'm saying it's going to be tough for you because We weren't built. Love doesn't operate in that way. It sees hope in people, it sees the Jesus in people. So, to me, I think when we talk about deconstruction, when we talk about how to get there, power, love, and sound mind. But you can't, I don't, I get it. I'm not trying to remove the word love from our vocabulary because I think it is a very strong word. I do think what we've turned it into is kind of silly, it's a feeling. And I think if there's anybody more guilty of that is the charismatic church. God spoke to me and I felt led to, I put a Facebook the other day, like you don't have to feel led to go to the homeless shelter. Oh yeah. yeah. You should just go to the homeless shelter because Jesus. Yes right? You should not feel, le- I didn't feel led to give, you know, brother Bobby $20 to put into his gas tank, even though I know he just lost his job. I didn't feel led to do it. So I I didn't do it.
1: No, bro, you're selfish. I'm just, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> we're. It's like we're waiting for the thunderous <laughs> boom of heaven right. to to guide right. us for every step. We don't need that. Jesus already modeled everything for us. Yep. Lay your life down for people. See, and, and it's, you will lay your life down for people when you begin to see Jesus in those people. Yeah. But that's why you have to cultivate that relationship on the back end, on the front end, and you have to shed a lot of this fear, condemnation, guilt, garbage, because you will never see yourself, you won't see Jesus when you look into the mirror if you're still dealing with fear, guilt, shame, and condemnation. Right. You're going to see those things. Right. And if you can't see it in yourself, you cannot see it in your neighbor. Right. It's just impossible. Right. So... For those of you who are deconstructing, um, I know we just probably laid out a whole slew of things to talk about. I know, so sorry. Um, But hopefully, you know, there's bits and chunks and pieces that you can pull from this. And um, I I just, I would personally just, I would encourage you, don't stop. Keep going. Um, Be mindful, you know. Uh, Theology can be a minefield sometimes. You can step in some weird places. Maybe not a minefield. Maybe... We got a Great Dane in the backyard. (laughs) I would not encourage, it's nighttime right now, walking in our backyard barefoot without the lights on. You probably know why. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I feel about theology sometimes. I think you need to be mindful of where you're stepping. You're not going to blow your leg off, but you might step in some, you know. (laughs) uh, So, uh, but the cool thing is you get to wipe it off. And try again the next day. And I think if you're mindful about where you're stepping and your motivation truly is love and your motivation is truly finding the Jesus through the noise and the chaos, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. But keep pushing and don't let religion push you around because that's really all religion wants. It wants to beat you up and push you around and make you submit. I say don't do it Don't submit. Submit to Jesus, not religion. You're gonna have a much happier life if you do that. But all right, I'm done. Anybody else? Final thoughts before we get out of here? No, so
1: good. Today's so
0: good. So we're done. This is a long one. I'm gonna have to split this in two now. So if if, if you're listening to part two, (laughs) disregard the part where I said I wasn't gonna split this. Because I'm totally splitting
1: Sorry, it, it was the churros comment.
0: But anyway, yeah, I hope you guys have a good... We're going to be in October by the time yes, this airs. I so, hope it's
1: cold wherever you are. Yeah, I hope mm-hmm.
0: you are... I uh, hope you're loving it. I hope you're... I hope. My wife hopes you're picking apples.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would love to do that.
0: I hope... Yeah, see, so this fun. is where we differ. Oh, I... I, I <laughs> I hope you're wearing a cardigan. Yes. I hope there's a fireplace hope nearby. You're
1: not sweating from um, the cardigan.
0: Uh, Freeform's 31 Days of Halloween is coming up, so Ooh. please enjoy Put that. Put on your
1: boots, please. Yep. Um, your scarves. Watch Trey Kennedy's funny fall video about girls have you watched it so good so
0: (laughs) ridiculous but yeah I hope you're having a good week Um, so we are talking about deconstruction obviously in this podcast Um, we're doing that because that's the next video we're gonna put out probably right around the same time this podcast comes out so if you're listening to this now and you've just digested all of this and you want something a little more compact to listen to to yourself or maybe to share with a friend who's going through the same thing uh, be on the lookout for the video I'm gonna try to consolidate a lot of this and put it in under a 20-minute package so uh, you guys are awesome we'll see you next week and uh have a good one
1: have the best day ever bye